Welcome to a 40 Guard Threat Intelligence Podcast. I'm Alex Harvey. And I'm Douglas Santos. This week, Blue Keep RDP exploit in the wild, targeted ransomware against Spanish companies, and last, uh, lasers and MEMS, or uh, if you want a audio list exploitation of Google Home and Amazon Echoes and iPhones with that Blue Keep RDP exploit. So Blue Keep's been around since May 2019. Um, we've mentioned it before. It's an RDP exploit, potentially wormable, full remote uh, code execution. What we're starting to hear about now is um, there's been a couple of reports of activities on Honeypot. So essentially, they're starting to see the exploit rampant in the wild. Mm -hmm which I think this is the first real occurrence that we're seeing this. We theorize it would happen fairly quickly, um, but I think just before it wasn't being caught or wasn't being monitored beyond the fact that we knew that the exploit was there, there were signatures for it. Now we're starting to see activity against you know, honeypots. Um, we're starting to see real uses of the code. Yeah. Automated attacks from botnets, compromised endpoints, and that was basically discovered because once a security searcher found out that a couple of his honeypots were... Uh, crashing and have the black screen of the uh, blue screen of that, and after a specific research on the memory dumps, they were able to gather specific payload artifacts that contained the the shell code for the exploitation of the the blue key vulnerability, along with a couple of um, CoinHive uh, scripts and payloads for mining Monero cryptocurrency. Yeah, it's happening right now. <laughs> yeah, so that one is starting to spread. The other thing I would say with it is that with the Blue Keep is that the patches have been available for some time. Mm -hmm. um, and there's actually been a lot of communication around it, especially earlier in the first half of the year, around making sure people patch and stay up to date. Um, and this keeps continues to be the case, right? Because mm -hmm. Blue Keep affects older version of Windows. Um, Windows 7 is vulnerable to it. Windows 10 was mm -hmm. vulnerable to it. Um, it does affect older versions that might not be getting patches automatically like the newer versions of Windows yeah. 10. Yeah. Even the XP, right? The, the issue was so critical that I remember that Microsoft had to go back on its statement to not release more updates for uh, end-of-sale and end-of-life systems because there's just a huge amount of um, open RDP servers on the wild. That, uh, the last account was more than 1 million systems that could uh, potentially be um, breached and, and used against the, the whole internet infrastructure. It's a lot of boxes. <laughs> yeah, that was the one of them that happened. Yeah. There's just so many units running RDP on an exposed port. So it's only vulnerable in the sense that you need to have RDP enabled and have it on an open internet connection, mm -hmm. but a lot of people do that. And that was why RDP is such an important one that mm -hmm. from the point of view of patching and everything else. Mm -hmm. So with that, targeted ransomware hits Spanish companies. So a handful of Spanish companies have been targeted by a targeted ransomware, um, including one fairly high-profile um, IT consulting company. Um, the targeted ransomware is customized to the point where the file extension um, is leet-speak of the company's name mm -hmm. um, that's being used for the encrypted file. So this is a very, very targeted ransomware that we've been seeing happening before. Um, now we're just seeing more of it, mm -hmm. right? And this is a prime example um, the other interesting things with this one is in the communication that they got basically stating, hey, reach out to us on one of these two email addresses to find out how much to pay to decrypt your data. You know, if you disclose this breach or if you disclose this, we are Danu, you know, you won't be able to decrypt your data. Basically threatening that if they make any of the information around the ransom public, 
um, that they're basically not going to provide them with decryption keys. Yeah, and it's just so as you're saying, it's just a confirmation of the trend that we're already seeing on ransomware, right? Where the ransomware uh, the people who are behind these attacks are actually breaching into companies, doing reconnaissance, understanding uh, the financial situation of the of the company to just after that, uh, understanding if it, that target is actually somebody who can pay or have valuable data. And that's, uh, yeah, we're, we're about to see more and more of this, I'm guessing. Uh, like right and uh, I think it was the city of Baltimore uh, a couple of months ago, a lot of municipalities in Canada as well. Yeah, yeah this, is, this is a new trend with ransomware where we were seeing that they're really choosing their victims carefully to maximize their profits, to make sure that they only attack and breach and, and deploy their ransomwares on companies that have the ability to pay or at least have some insurance. data. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that was the one that we saw with a bunch of cities was that they all have insurance and mm -hmm. essentially their insurance is covering the cyber attack. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily the city paying, it's the, um, or the county, it's the insurance company that's paying out. So obviously the cities are paying into the insurance, but it's still not, mm -hmm. It, for them, it's a cheaper event to essentially pay the ransomware than it is mm -hmm. to actually wipe and redo everything and lose the data. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the city of Baltimore has been like for uh, for two or three months trying to recover all of their systems because I mean, can you imagine the complexity of managing a whole a whole city or water treatment, electricity, uh, traffic lights, and even um, uh, the permits that they issue on a daily basis? I mean. Um, it, it would be very um, cheap, way cheaper to just pay the ransom. But some cities uh, doesn't doesn't they don't actually have cyber insurance, or they simply do not negotiate with yeah. terrorists. Right? Which is, <laughs> I would back that yeah, one. They should yeah, not yeah, be yeah, paying yeah. out. Um, but anyway, so the, the company in Spain actually did have to do a forced shutdown, basically shut down the operations, their whole entire business, essentially, while they dealt with this problem, mm -hmm. um, which is never that's never a good thing. Um, but that's the thing. These targeted ransomwares are very specific. They know their target. Um, they're they're basically they're kidnapping people's data, right? They're mm -hmm. holding it ransom, and they're being smart about it because they know that it's very profitable. So with that, lasers and MEMS. Um, some this is kind of an interesting paper that was released. Mm -hmm. There's basically inside Amazon Echoes and Echo Dots, uh, some of the iPhone models like the iPhone XR, some of the Samsung phones. Um, Google Homes, um, all these voice command or voice assistant devices have a MEMS device, which is a microelectromagnetic system, which is essentially a microphone. But this microphone element reacts to lasers, which wasn't something that was known because <laughs> um, it's not by design. Um, there's still a bunch of theories around why it's reacting to the lasers. Most likely has something to do with heating and cooling of the device, of the element is causing it to move. Um, but essentially, you can send modulated voice through a laser beam that's sitting on the MEM. So if it can actually, the laser can hit the, the microphone, if you want the MEMS device type of microphone, mm -hmm. um, they can basically put an audio into the device without actually speaking a command. Mm -hmm. So they've tested it with relatively weak lasers, um, 5 milliwatts and all the way up to 60 milliwatts. Or 60 milliwatts, they were doing a little bit over, over 50 meters. Um, and they can do voice commands on these devices. Mm -hmm. So if you had it hooked up to your security system through a glass window, they could potentially you know, disarm your alarm, unlock your doors if you had it, or open your garage door if you have mm -hmm. that on voice command, um, issue voice commands to your device, you know, 
potentially have it place orders, do mm -hmm. all kinds of things because they can essentially issue, um, they can issue a command like they're standing in the room. But even more than that, uh, even if you're in the room, you won't hear that command that's been sent to the device. Yeah, but hopefully you hear the the response, yeah, right? The response <laughs> that's the only feedback you have from the device that is actually being hacked. And uh, there's a couple of more uh, caveats. The I've, I've been I've been looking at this, and it, it it appears that the laser has to be directed at a specific part of the microphone for that to work, and that's because it has to reach the, yeah. the membrane of the M's device, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, so it's not like they can just point it at any edge of the device. Yeah, They're pointing specific. at specific spots. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely, you know, mm -hmm. there's research on this. Um, they did a fair bit of work on it. And it's, it's an interesting one from the point of view is it's that it works through a solid glass window. Obviously, you're going to lose range because going through glass, of the course. laser is going to get weaker. Mm -hmm. um, but the equipment behind it is not very expensive. You know, it's essentially a laser diode, mm -hmm. a, mod a control modulator for the laser, and some form of a lens to help focus uh, the beam to keep the beam coherent as they go over a certain distance. Um, but again, it's a nifty little one from the point of view that it was been theorized that something like yeah. this would happen. And now, you know, there's a couple of research papers on it, which is kind of cool yeah, and scary. The, yeah. <laughs> the next question would be how many more of these devices are out there, right? I yeah. mean, there's a ton of automation and, and AI uh, on spe speech recognition being embedded into these devices. And potentially, if they're all using the same uh, part, uh, the same semiconductor, they probably are as vulnerable as, as these devices that have, have already been tested. Yeah, so it's anything that might use this type of microphone array mm -hmm. would be sensitive. Um, but again, it depends on if it's exposed, aka if it can be reached from the outside yes. by the laser. Yeah. So some of the case designs might alleviate it, some might not. Um, it'll be interesting to see if there's any real development around it. Mm -hmm. From an active exploit point of view, I think it would be very annoying to really exploit. Yeah. But it's, it might see real use cases. It's a nice demonstration yeah, of what it, can actually be done, right? And what are the limits of technology and how they... Yeah, it's a nice example. I, yes. I'm still skeptical if it's going to see real use in the world. But mm -hmm. if it does, it will be one of those things that's going to be very James Bond-like, right? That's it's nice. like Kind of like that LED um, exfiltration via LED lights. <laughs> yep. That was free. There's there's been, free. Yeah, there was a paper, <laughs> couple, that was been a couple of years yeah, now couple for that years. one. Um, but basically, they were getting data off a network by blinking L an LED on the computer. Yeah. Um, this is similar, but going <laughs> the other direction. Yeah. Um, but I, well, I'm sure we'll hear of something interesting that happens with this one in the future. Yes. But at this point in time, there's been you know now a paper on it. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting one. And with mm -hmm. that, that's all we had for you guys today. Thank you, guys.